new on CuriosityStream. Grab your decoder ring. We're cracking the world's most famous encryptions. From the mom who took down the mob to the Zodiac Killer. See how the pros hide their secrets in plain sight on Cracking the Code. Plus, it was impossible to recruit intelligence agents without recruiting war criminals. Meet the retirees of the Third Reich who gathered Cold War intelligence for the U.S. on Nazis in the CIA. Watch now on CuriosityStream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. A lot of systems are down today. Our Treb system's down in the morning. Uh, oh, really? Is Discord down? Is that what happened? I don't know. You said it was having issues. Oh, it's having issues. Mm. It is having issues, or at least I am having issues with it. Mm. Ugh, I slept in today, and now I feel like my whole day is gone. Okay, well, let's get it back on track here, okay? Let's get it back on track. 9.59. I have not spoken to you for a long time it's better that we keep our conversations strictly on the internet because all the good stuff might come out right and then it's hard it's hard to talk about something with the same passion when uh when you already talked about it once right it's kind of like i already told him that you give him like the the reader's digest version and all of a sudden it doesn't become as exciting i don't know how all the the real media people like rehearse at first they're pros. They're pros. They're and pros. we are on our way to being pros. On our so way. we're going to do it different this week, only because I was so busy this week and I didn't have time to kind of put everything together and sure. send it to you. So I think uh, maybe we'll have a conversation about real estate today that is not entirely led by other people's opinions. What oh my gosh. That? Does that Can sound... I think for myself today? You get to think... About your own thoughts. Well, I, I'm going to try and lead you. In a, Ooh, in... let's talk about COVID. <laughs> yeah, that hasn't been talked to death at all. Yeah. How's, how are things going now with your um, kids she, and yes, sports? It's, it's, uh, it's, it's a little nerve-wracking, to be honest with you. I mean, the protocols that they send me in writing make me comfortable to send them. But then when I see them in practice, I get extraordinarily uncomfortable. I find like a lot of people are just um, a lot of businesses or organizations are doing everything on paper correctly, which is exactly what you said. Yeah. And um, there's just not as much uh, governance when, when people are actually inside the building, you know, like maybe it'll be just masks, but capacities seem to be a little sketchy. You know, it's like, mm, I, I, feel... I think you got more than enough for six feet apart on this uh, training surface. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and I feel like, uh, like people are kind of just trying to appease the authorities so that they exactly. can get what they want. Right. So exactly. we're at my kids baseball, which baseball is a lot um, easier Easy. to digest because it's outside. Right. And they, they've got all these great protocols, but uh M- many of them are not adhered to and and they're the most important right mm-hmm. like uh, you know the coach after every inning kind of assembles all the kids into a huddle to talk to them and they're all supposed to be in masks and if they were it'd be okay but most of them are not wearing the mask yeah right so it's like what's the point of trying to keep them as separate as possible um if the coach is going to bring them into a huddle every inning uh-huh 
but nobody else cares. Like I'm the only one there that's like starting to boil over and get <laughs> upset and you know. You're freaking out. I'm freaking out. What's wrong? We're winning, Daryl. We're winning. It's like eight nothing. What's going on? Everybody's talking you about shouldn't be meeting with them at the mount like that. Everybody's talking about Netflix shows. They're not even paying attention. Their their kids are all running around and hugging and touching and like playing around. Yeah. And I'm sitting there just like getting nervous. But but I mean, listen, everybody's uh, got their own way of dealing with things, right? Mm-hmm. Mine is Are your kids mine is, going to school? No, no, definitely not going to school. Yours? Uh, I think if they would allow me to drop him off tomorrow morning at 8 a.m., he would be the first one in line. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't even know if my kids want to go so much. Mm, I'm sure my son's not like, too that excited, but... He wants to see his friends, and um, yeah. I want a routine back. So yeah, I could yeah. use a routine. That's for damn sure. Yeah. So, but real estate's been uh, pretty interesting in the last two weeks. I mean, nothing crazy going on. It seems like uh, everybody's just kind of, at least in my in my end of things, which is very different than yours right now. Like it's crazy. Residential's going nuts still, right? Definitely, there's there's crazy sales. Like we had a bunch of sales this week that were all like hundred, hundred and fifty, two hundred thousand over asking. Yeah, but like land, land, like nothing's really transacting. Everybody's kind of like. But I can tell you, activity mm-hmm. activity's down because it's the end of the summer. So these were just people who are like fed up with doing multiple offers and uh, couldn't find a property in the summertime. So they obviously are still going to be transacting before labor day which which was the goal for for them probably in february right and they're finally achieving it yeah. so that's that's why that happens is people just get um sick and tired of the uh of the of the of the competitions well, uh, well but definitely overall showings were down and all that kind of stuff which is a typical end of the summer slowdown which we expected so uh did we expect it? Because I think if we rewind the few episodes, you were saying that now after July, you thought August was going to be rip roaring crazy too. Well, in the last episode that we filmed, which has actually been now two, two weeks, weeks, yeah, that's what was that's what we were seeing. We were seeing the spillover from July in the first few weeks, and, and look, I'm not saying stopped. that the markets no, but did the it market stop? No, I'm not. I'm not saying it stopped. The market's doing great. Um, it's just you know think about it. There's just less buyers out there. Yeah, um, you want to talk about competition? Try renting a cottage. Like it mm, is. We like, have one rented for Labor Day. Yeah, like if you didn't book it in advance, there is nothing unless you're okay with no AC and no internet. Mm. Then there's a ton of stuff that looks really dirty and gross. <laughs> yeah. But like, like for for a decent buck in a decent area with internet access and AC, nothing. Yeah, you're and like you're looking at like four grand a weekend. Yeah, but even that stuff, it's like it's not available. No, not that I would do that. That's crazy. But like, it's it's not available either. Because mm. I'm well, sure if it was, my wife would be saying, "I know the budget we set, but like, you know, this is available." Yeah. Yeah. No, there's definitely um, definitely more people going away. I mean, you know, myself I think they included. probably gave up on all these uh, bidding wars and said, let's just go get a cottage and chill out. And we'll come back and see what happens. See what happens. So do you want to talk about that? You want to see what? Yeah. I mean, I have a, a list of things that I think, you know, we could touch on. But uh, so what is that? What what would we be talking about based on what I just said? Well, where where all those people are going to go? I mean, like I always just look at it like black and white. Like if you're planning on moving and you decided to 
not move and, and make that purchase uh, the last week of August and wait until school starts, well, then you still need a place to move to, right? Like you're still, you're still looking. Maybe you didn't sell already, but you're still keen. And, I, and I've got showings lined up already for next week of people who are now just coming into the market and they'll be the fall buyers. And, um, you know, you're, you're, you're going to be buying. I mean, you, you've got a need. You've got, you've got a bigger house that you need to go downsize to. You've got, you know, money's tight, whatever it is, right? You've, you've got a new baby on the way. You want to grow the family. Are you seeing that a lot? Like a yeah. downsizing kind of thing? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So there's lots of stuff that's going to be uh, adding to the demand of the fall market. Like there's, there's a ton. So, so do you feel that some of these people are kind of afraid and they're like, uh, like a couple of them are older people, the downsizers and stuff, right? Like you're talking about, you're not talking about people that can no longer afford the price point of their house, but like maybe still have a job, but they want to downsize or Maybe That's a somebody... very specific scenario that exists. I, I'm just not dealing with that exact person right now, but I'm dealing with yeah. people who can't afford their house anymore for various reasons. Absolutely. Yeah. They've been above water for a long time. Right. right? So, um, or underwater for a long time. Underwater. Yeah. I was like above <laughs> water. Up, How does they've that been trying work? To get, they've been trying to get above water they're for a long treading. time. They're treading. How about that? Right? They're treading, treading water quickly. Right. So anyways, the main thing is, um, there, there's a lot of people who are going to need to be able to come into the market in the fall. Like that's just the way it is. Um, so what we've always been focused on on this show is trying to figure out if the supply and the demand, um, uh, numbers are going to be keeping up with each other. And are we going to start seeing a, an imbalance in the market? And that's, I think a big topic right now, cause they are releasing a lot of figures. They are, they are talking about a lot of stuff. I know that, uh, banks are having sort of crisis management preparation for the fall to be able to handle uh, people who are uh, not able to uh, maintain their debt uh, services and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, you know, we're, we just haven't seen that flood of listings yet too. I think um, the last figures I read was something like between one and 5% of loans. So would, um, let me ask you a question. So yeah. let, let's say, you know, you're uh, you, you've been a waiter for like the last 10, 15, 20 years and you, mm -hmm. You do it okay and you're happy, um, but now you haven't been working for a while or, or, or you see the writing on the wall maybe, or you're just not sure, like, why, why are we waiting until our deferrals run out? Like, wouldn't a lot of these people just say, like, I'm going to have to sell this or this would nope, be smart. Nobody likes no? moving, Daryl. I know, but nobody some people are likes, smart. I've never met anybody who's just been like, listen, man, I'm just going to pack up all my stuff, put it in storage, put my house on the market. And if I move, I'm not really sure where I'm going to go, but I'm just going to move. And then, you know, we'll see. And then, you know, hopefully are, I land somewhere nice. But are people not smart enough to say, okay, I'm going to sell my house and then I'm going to buy another house. That's cheaper because I can afford it. Or I'm going to sell my house and rent until I figure things out. People like, like comfort, you know, we, people like. That the, doesn't uh, sound so comfortable, like seeing all these bills start piling up and juggling expensive. that shit, Toronto's man. expensive. It's not like you can just say, look, I'm living in, uh, you know, the West End. I'm going to go to the East End and save a bundle. I mean, there's, a, there's some savings there, but real estate fees, land transfer tax, lawyer fees, moving costs, all that kind of stuff adds up. Sure. Right? So sure. There's, lo there's lots of reasons why people don't just move, just, just for the sake of moving, right? So there's definitely a lot of stuff. It's a huge emotionally uh charged type of situation that really a lot of stuff uh, a lot of stuff goes through and different personalities uh you know people are on title with different family members whether it be a married couple or brother and sister or whatever and everyone's got their own agendas so 
I guess I they're mean, all still just waiting for it to open up and open up and open up and get better. And it's like, come on, like, come yeah. on. It's, it's, why, it's why real estate agents will never be replaced by robots. You know, that's the truth, right? It's just there's such a, a people, a human element there has of, to be. Um, of, of real estate and trying to, you know, navigate the waters of, of uh, you know, making that decision to move is it's not a one size fits all. It's not. So no. when you, when you say, well, I'm underwater, well, you know, is there a better option for you? Are you going to be getting income that's going to be increasing? You know, is, are you a waiter at a place that, you know, will be re reopening, you know, right now the CREB is uh, the Serbs coming uh, an extra four weeks. Like, is the government just going to keep on doing that? I know they're saying they're going to transition people to this, to the EI. Yeah. You know, basically but, even the Serb is like uh, 1600 bucks a month now down 400 bucks. Uh, but for a year. So there you go. And right. that's better so, than what most people like if the, the requirement is 120 hours. So if you only worked 125 hours at 15 bucks an hour, you get 1600 bucks a month. That's a that's an amazing option for people to be able to keep it'll, their heads above water. I mean, it, it'll boost a lot of younger people's spending which might not be bad because they seem to you know not save and put it out into the economy yeah yeah although so it's on good. apps from china but <laughs> it, <laughs> right like is that yeah. money even coming back here well, anyway. a, lot, a lot of it ends up back uh, somewhere in the Canadian somewhere i guess in canada Canadian system yeah but so, yeah i mean there's a lot of things looming right so so i mean i could see why people would kind of be waiting now also. I mean, in the land on my end, which kind of, I see it just making things worse that people are kind of waiting on land because literally nothing is transacting in land. I actually noticed a really interesting uh, trend of just the, the thing that's traded the most in, in kind of my space is like little retail things on Queen Street, King Street, like Dundas, but just little 18-foot slices of Toronto. But land, as far as... I guess you can get a good deal on them now. I mean, I'd be afraid to buy something that had retail as like 70, 80% of its income right now. Retail's not doing so bad. I mean, you look at the retail numbers. Retail's actually doing really well right now. They've come back, um, you know, very strong. I mean, people are, people are, are having this... Uh, stimulus injected into their into their monthly budgets and they're saying hey I got a little bit of room to do some shopping a lot of people are shopping I was at an outlet mall last weekend a lot of people are shopping oh yeah no a lot right? of people are shopping yeah. but meanwhile you yeah, like you read stuff about gigantic retail owners like building owners uh, like Brookfield are potentially in trouble right now hired the the ex uh, uh, Bank of Canada head what's his name Mark Carney yeah yeah. So that would be that would have a ripple effect around the world if Brookfield was really in trouble. No, they're just looking at what their options are to make sure that they make the right decisions at all. They're they're a step ahead. Yeah. Uh, there's so, lots of there's lot there's lots of money going into places that people weren't uh, that weren't uh, expecting it to happen. And um, really, the industries that are still hurt is uh, food, travel, and tourism. Entertainment right. is probably like just on yeah, the food, on the food, edge right now. Food and entertainment, travel and tourism. These yeah. these are the big ones where the the um, you know mass population needs to be going inside where they can't uh, they can't social distance. Those are the areas that are getting hit hard. Right. So uh, okay. So we've got this uh, 
we've got this issue with with retail entertainment food industry which is a gigantic chunk of the economy mm-hmm. we have each bank reporting over 10% of their portfolio has been deferred for mortgages much less now i don't know i just read something yesterday where everybody was like even over 12% no no it's it's, it's down big time from that well, that would be fantastic. I didn't see that, but I trust you. So I, I, that yeah. sounds really good. Yeah. GDP has not shrunk as much. So I guess that's a growth. GDP has grown uh, a little bit, which is good because it was falling off a cliff. So there's deferral cliff that's looming. There's this retail or entertainment apocalypse that people are talking about and immigration is not going to help us in the near term. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, for me, if I'm being honest, that doesn't sound good for for the economy or the real estate market at all. And then on top of that story, sorry, uh, we have the moving out of the city to uh, less expensive pastures and working from home. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the rental market obviously is in going in the right direction based on all of that stuff like the rental market just totally makes sense yep but other than pent-up demand from pandemic does the residential low-rise sector make any sense or is it about to start i think it does i think we're just we're, we're going through a change here and the best indicator of of what's going to happen i think is happening in new york city right now because they were all heavily relied on urban development, um, where Toronto's always been, you know, very, very, very mixed, right? Like we always had this really huge concentration of buildings downtown, where we never, you know, we're starting to get more um, buildings in the uh, outskirts and, and, you know, Etobicoke, North York, and um, Scarborough. Scarborough. But really and truly, we, we have a lot of low rise in those areas. And I think that that's why we're starting to see such a, um, robust type of market because the, the biggest market that's being affected is the downtown core where people don't need to be anymore and they're still comfortable living in the city so they're not leaving Toronto so it's not like the mass exodus is the population's decreasing that's not the problem population is decreasing in these other major metropolitan areas but so- the, 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 the exodus are only looking as bad as they are because all of the immigrants that want to live in Toronto and want to live in New York because that's where the dream is, mm-hmm. like they can't come. Sure, but there are there are still immigrants coming. There's there's still people that are you know having you know uh, ways that they're able to uh, yeah, and you know, you know what the get, numbers... maybe get their permanent residence and stuff like that. They're already here. Yeah. So there's all this kind of stuff that that is is still happening where people are making decisions that because they've already been here working. They're getting their permanent residence, so now they're going to buy, right? So there's there's still a lot of that coming on. It's just a shift in in needs, and we're and we're going through changes. I mean, we don't know where it's going to go, but I mean, there's a lot of things we've talked about them a lot on this show that people just don't need to have the same lifestyle that they needed last year yeah. uh, for their work, for their entertainment, for their family, for their commute, all that kind of stuff, right? I mean, they're talking now about the three subway extension in um, stop extension in Scarborough. Uh, is finally going to have the um, uh, tunneling, uh, whatever they want to call it, um, analysis or whatever, right? No, so, they put out for bids for, for bids, to do yeah. the work. So there you go. So they've already got that type of 
you know, um, plan in place for, for us to be able to spread out, which is, which is what is like, I mean, great timing, <laughs> you know, like, you know what, I, I, this, is, I, this I, is what it's all about right now. And I figured something out. I, I was looking mm -hmm. at this list that I guess was showing the uh, most populated cities in Canada or maybe it was North America. Yeah. And Scarborough and Mississauga both made that list. And oddly, Scarborough and Mississauga just got, you know, uh, a new LRT uh -huh. and a new subway to mm -hmm. appease these gigantic amounts of uh, population. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Which is amazing. But I didn't even realize, like, how could there not be more infrastructure in Scarborough if it's one of the top 10 populated cities in, in Canada. In Canada. Not, I don't think yeah, it's North America. Canada. Yeah. Sure. And it's not even that much. It's 625,000. Yeah. But yeah. still. Yeah. I guess that's a big city, right? So either well, way, that's, that's the, um, that's the, uh, the trend, right? So it's like, yeah, provide transit options, right? Provide, provide people the option to live in places that are more affordable, that aren't as close to where they need to be, but they can still get to where they need to be. Yeah. In and, a, and in that's, a reasonable and that, amount of time. Changed. It's yeah. just changed. So it's, all, so it's all good. And it's, it is all part of the, um, you know, part of the economy and, and the evolution of, of a city, right? And no one would have, you know, expected this. We were going the way of Hong Kong, London, Paris, New York. Like we were, we were trying to emulate what they were doing, right? Which was making everybody live in one spot and having all the cool stuff in one place. Sure. And that doesn't make sense from a practical standpoint when you, when you think about it, right? No. Like it just it, like infrastructure alone is, is, is overwhelmed and you're not going to be able to have, and then pricing and all that stuff gets out of hand. So, you know, this is, this is a great opportunity. I'm, I'm no, this is going to be great. And, and I yeah. think it's going to speed along, uh, developments in the, in the yellow belt that they keep talking about. I think they have to give us more widespread, l low high options, you know, yeah. for, for construction. Yeah. And yeah. They, they need to, I never understood even this green belt, why it had such a, an effect. Like when I drive around some of these, like Mississauga, Brampton, Newmarket, Scarborough, Pickering, like there's a lot of big properties that could handle some height. Mm. Like what, what? I don't know why everybody's like, I guess it's to follow the trend. And it does make infrastructure a lot easier when everybody's kind of nestled in one place. Like to build a multi-billion dollar three-stop uh subway system is not extraordinarily efficient yeah yeah but i mean that will definitely help generate some jobs and some growth in our economy so that's Absolutely. good yeah moving in that direction like i think a lot of people always um fear about you know lo losing um economic output like losing the the money that everybody's spending in order to be able to uh, you know, make our, make our economy work and, and, and build up our country and grow and build and all that kind of stuff too. There's just, there's just so much of it. There's just so much need for people to be able to, you know, earn an income and to find ways to make money to support their family and all that kind of stuff, no matter what economy. And you can look at this in like third world countries, you can look at it in, in, in you know, maybe in between countries, first world, second world, there's always, there's always ways. So whether you make it globalized where we're, you know, trading with all these different countries and everybody's, you know, bringing in this money and sending out that money, um, or we're just doing it internally, we're going to find a way. Like there's going to be a way that we're, we're making it, um, we're making it, um, 
sustainable where even if it's public money, you know, and it's publicly funded and we're building things like, you know, subway systems and stuff, that's creating jobs. So yeah, now no, everyone's back great. to work again. That's the right? best way to do it. Right. And now, and now everybody's moving because they're, go, they're they've got jobs again because they can, they can go places and then guess what? The government's getting their tax money and they're putting the money, you know, back into the, uh, back into the system. So, yeah. you know, no matter what way even, we look at it. Even mandated programs like they did with uh, 3M, for example, like when they went, Basically, they forced them and paid for it yeah. for them to start producing a certain amount of these masks locally, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is great, but uh, they should do a lot more of that stuff. Yeah. Right? Well, it's hard to get public-funded um, programs like that uh, going. There's always people who are, you know, trying to oppose them and stuff like that, right? Because there's lots of screw-ups, right? There's plenty sure. of examples of, of sure. when, that, we, when that goes wrong. But it is the right way. It is. It is. It is. A, it is the best way in order for us to all be, um, you know, comfortable with the way that we have uh, our lives set up right now. Things are gonna change like uh, a lot. Like uh, you see stuff uh, where this. Uh, hold on a sec. Like the CPI index, right? Inflation. Mm -hmm. Like a, people are people are woke now, as my kids would say. Like people are yeah. waking up and realizing. I mean. I, I was having this conversation with a few people last week. Two percent inflation, like, on what? What the fuck only has two percent inflation right now? Like, okay, because gas prices are down so drastically, the whole thing is still at two percent. Nobody's using the gas, mm -hmm. right? House prices gone through the roof. I need a house. Rent prices went through the roof. People need to live places. Food, mm -hmm. like, I can't even believe how much food is now. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. And then if you want good, healthy food, it is ridiculous, right? Or you want to order in, like, food. It, it, my haircut my haircut went up 20%. <laughs> yeah, and it, not kidding. And, and listen, yeah. uh, what was the, what did we... There, it, there's like COVID pricing now. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, my dad, we were talking. He He's looking, his, his lease is expiring. So he's looking for a new car. And he yeah. just wants the same car he has now. But it's like 33, 40% more than his current lease. Yeah. And they yeah. have to make up for cars they didn't sell. I think. I mean, why else? Mm. But so so things are going to shake up dollars, like all kinds of things are going on weird in the world. The U S is attacking us, uh, you know, in a trade war right now. Mm -hmm. Isn't that crazy? Did you hear, I read something this morning that the U S is like, uh, doing an investigation into the lobster industry. <laughs> I'm not even joking because he's listen. You guys got way too many lobsters over there. No, I don't know where you're coming the from. The people in Maine whose yeah. main output is lobsters are yeah. freaking out because of the trade agreement between Canada and Europe with regards to lobsters. Absolutely. And so now Canada, not only are we, you know, uh, uh, fudging around in the aluminum market and the wood market, we're, we're fucking around in lobsters. Yeah. Like this, it, it's like you don't even know what's going to come out of left field next. So all these people that like are, you know, thinking, hey, I'm in the food industry. These are lobsters. I mean, I'm set. People still need lobster. I don't care. Right. Now, all of a sudden, Trump falls from the sky and says, I don't think so. 
No way, we're taxing. Not only are we stealing TikTok and God knows what else, right? Uh, mm. We're gonna we're gonna mess up the lobster industry, and everybody mm. must be going. What the hell's going on here? <laughs> it's a free market. The aluminum guys, they don't set the price. The market sets the price. It's like anything else, wood, mm-hmm. right? They're, yep. cr- they're, they're, they're crying in the States about the wood industry because I guess the land that some of these forests are on are, are government land. So I guess the cost is cheaper to the guys that are foresting the wood or whatever the, the hell the terminology is. Mm-hmm. So they have some kind of a competitive price advantage. We're talking like one or two forests out of the whole Canadian lumber industry. But like th- that makes that makes business environment really difficult, right? If you are getting attacked by your biggest trade partner all of a sudden on multiple fronts, mm-hmm. right? So like re- like serious business people, they know all this stuff is going on, right? Yeah, well, it's hard. It's harder to uh, you know forecast what's going to happen with the economy right it's really weird and that that was what i was thinking just going into our conversation it's not even that you want stability i mean stability makes it a lot easier but like i consider myself an expert in certain areas of real estate right and Hmm. nobody has a fucking clue what's going on with anything right now nobody you talk you like and that's why i didn't even want to talk about these articles because they're so confusing Right now, they're so confusing because one guy's talking about GDP and the other guy's talking about GDP and they're using the same numbers. But one guy's saying, this is horrible. We're we're going to crash. And the other guy's like, there's growth. Who would have thought there'd be growth by now? This is fantastic. What a great handoff to Q3. Mm -hmm. And the other guy's like, the sky's falling. And, you know, people are talking about prices falling and people are talking about prices going crazy and people are talking about rents falling off and like i don't know how anybody can make sense of anything other than just like looking at these main basic like fundamental drivers mm-hmm. well we're we're a toronto real estate show so i'm a i'm a huge believer that the only way a market is ever going to go down is when you take away the uh financial capabilities of buyers because everyone always wants to move. They want to get a house. Housing is just, it's just a demand that'll never, ever, ever be satisfied. But as soon as you take away their borrowing power or their uh, capabilities of, of getting uh, lenders to, uh, to fund them, that's when the markets start to fail. And right now our banks are all saying they had a great Q2, that they've got less loan provisions put aside for, for uh, you know, bad loans. They've got, um, you know, an optimistic outlook, even though they've got all this crisis management and stuff like that, they're doing really well. Mortgage referrals are down substantially. There's plenty of people who have not only um, stopped their mortgage deferrals, but have, or, or other loan deferrals, but have already started making the new payments and they're making the new payments, right? So they've got a really, really good positive outlook. And I think that one of them said that the, I think it was TD, they were talking about between one and 5%. Uh, of their loans so that's a pretty good spread but the fact that they put the number yeah. one in there tells me that there's a good chance that it could be very low as far as the uh you know who's going to be in default on any one of their loans whether it be mortgage or not right so if the banks are healthy and the banks are stable and they're still willing to lend out money yeah. and the government believes that the inflation is lower than it what it needs to be then they will keep the interest rates low and everyone's going to have money to keep on going and, and take this gravy train a little bit further yeah, uh, it's going to be. It looks like it's going to start heading now into the fall market. The, you know, not maybe the same strong sellers market that we saw in July, just because of that. You know, 
strange pent up demand that we had, yeah. but uh, considerably still a strong seller's market going into the fall. It's weird. And then you have like stuff going on, like uh, record breaking sale for the city happen uh, on the bridal pass. Something sold for almost $30 million. Was it me? No, you didn't do that. <laughs> but, but it like, so, so. I Who mean, wants to be neighbors with Drake? I mean, that's it, right? You want to, you want $28.8 million while other people are losing their jobs. People yeah. can afford 28 million the billionaires. People mo- and people with money aren't, aren't see, suffering right now. They're doing really well. Jeff Bezos, $100 yeah. billion dollars in the pandemic. No, but oh, he yeah, made, gained a hundred yeah, yeah, yeah. in six months. And now, and now uh, Musk has got a hundred billion dollar yeah, net yeah, worth. Yeah. <laughs> it's so crazy. The whole thing is yeah. like to make sense of it. It, it, it I, I get what you're saying at the basis. Yeah. I mean, take away people's ability to borrow and yeah, that's going to stall a market. And they're not like, they're definitely not. I remember back in 2008, 2009. Um, well, actually, hold on a sec. That's not entirely true because in the land, at least like, yeah, houses are moving, houses, houses are grooving, but mm-hmm. the land is stalled. Right. Okay. I mean, that's, that's just going to, that's a different beast, right? Well, I mean, look, land is sold based on, um, speculation. Based on speculation. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also, it's going to set up a nice little, uh, gap in the supply at some point because literally nothing is going on. And then even the launch is stopped again in, in, in Toronto. I noticed that. Yeah. Right. They, there was like that? three, maybe one other one came on and then one yeah. just suburban stuff. It's all suburban stuff and a yeah. lot of like townhouses. Um, a lot of applications are, are going into the city for new stuff. Uh, but that's from stuff that sold like a year ago. So what are the ago. results of those three, though, that we don't know? Like, oh, what is huge. It that, 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 no, they huge. sold out like they sold everything that maybe almost everything they had. But they did really well. Like everybody was very happy. Yeah. There was just a launch, um, r- great deal in Rosedale on Dale Avenue, uh, okay. or I don't know if they launched, but they just started marketing. Um, yeah. but that's starting at like 6 million bucks a unit. Oh, I saw that. It's, it's like a four, four unit. Uh, f- yeah. Listen, they bought three houses in Rosedale for God knows what. And, yeah. uh, now each unit is going to sell for $6 million. It's a great yeah. deal for the developer. Yeah, good luck. Well, we'll see. I'm sure I mean, they'll sell. I'm just saying. I just, I just not something Well, didn't you had. say something like over $6 million is the is like uh, doing really well? Or was it over, over $2.5? $2 been a, there's been a huge increase. In I stuff. think I read something about over $6 million was doing like the best. Like well, f- for that it just it, it exists now. So they're comparing it to last year. It didn't exist. It didn't exist. Might have one or two, but yeah, I've I've seen uh, sales over six million this year. But I'm not going to say that everything you put on the market right now is going to sell in that price range. Not that many buyers in that price range. No, can you imagine? God, it's crazy. Six million dollars for a condo. Mm-hmm. That's the way it goes. So we're in a we're in a a healthy, sustainable uh, economy here in Toronto. I don't think the rest of Canada has, has got the same story. Well, hold coming. on. So what I was saying is that, like in the land, one of the main reasons that it is slow is because of the ability to borrow. Because unless you're like a A player and you have a A property, 
and you yep. put in a ton of equity right now, yep. you're not getting a loan on land, right? Okay. Well, I mean, that takes out a lot of the real estate developers because most of them are not A's. Yeah. So what? So so the same concept applies to land then. Is now your the the capabilities of developers to get to right. be, be developers, we'll call them in in a very nice way, uh, to uh, get their financing in order yeah. has taken out the um, capabilities of them to buy. Taken away the capabilities to buy, which has stalled the market completely, which eventually will have an impact, I guess, in the in the residential sector when there's a another gigantic gap uh, of demand of supply, right? So an even an even bigger picture then is the uh, financing in those type of, of sectors, which is, is mainly private, right? Which is incredibly speculative, right? And a lot of them lost money in 2017. So a lot of them have fresh burn marks from where things didn't go so well on that private market, right? Like there's just people who were getting into the mortgage market who shouldn't have been. And some, some of them said, oh, okay, never mind. That's sure I'm making 10%, but if I, if I don't get my money back, what, what good is it? Right. Oh yeah. Some of those guys are pretty scared. I'm sure right now. Yeah. So I think that's probably, you know, not adding to the, uh, to the allure of, you know, lending money out to guys who are quote unquote, be lenders <laughs> or be uh, developers. Yeah. Or, right? or, or like in my case, like B minus maybe. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 But it's hard right now, and that makes a huge difference because the guys that are willing to take the risk, right? Because mm -hmm. the big A guys, they don't take risk. It's so calculated and so mm -hmm. precise, and they have the ability to just wait until they find something that meets all their parameters. Do you know what they're buying right now, though? Sorry to interrupt. What the you big know what all the big guys are buying? Um, well, really, it looks like nothing. I don't know what they're, they're buying. Golf on. courses. Maybe golf courses again. Buying I, mean, golf I think they right own now. all the golf courses they own, already. They, they own most of them, and they're buying more. Yeah, it's funny. Me and a, yeah. me and my oldest longtime friend, who's also an architect, mm -hmm. uh, we're talking about the uh, Richmond Hill Country Club and golf course yesterday. Yep. And uh, one of my friends from growing up, like her family, owns it. And I mean, mm -hmm. I, that's such a great piece of property. It's gigantic. I mean, something's got to happen there at mm -hmm. some point. The thing mm -hmm. is, is that the family's developers also. Exactly. They, they don't, they're not getting into the golf course business. They know that that is, that is the play. And you, and you just stay in the golf course business for 30 years if you have to. So what? Why not? It makes money. Right? And then, do what and you got to do. Boom. And it's a land bank opportunity that will pay out. Pays so, out big. Right. And so people are concerned about um, when their golf course sells. There's a few that have sold recently and they say, oh, well, it's, you know, it's not going to, um, you know, it's, it's, it, they're going to be building houses and all that stuff. And no, they're, they're, they're buying it to hang on to it and they're going to hold on to it for as long as possible until they literally have nowhere left to build on in any other part of yeah. the world. Yeah. And then they'll be like, okay, let's build on that golf course because it's income generating. When yeah. they buy those farms with one little house, they got to build on those right away. They can't hang on to that $30 million property that's got a house on it for, yeah. for very long. Yeah. They got to start putting in applications. But when you got a golf course. Anything generating income, an office yeah. building. like Yeah. I mean, now the trend is to take a 20, 30-story office building downtown, knock it over, yeah. or add 50, 60 stories on top of it. And I'm not yeah. even joking. Like this is, yeah. this is happening in a lot of places downtown. Yeah. At least application-wise. But there's been a few that are 
under construction, a few mm-hmm. that are finished construction like that. Yeah. But I guess that trend, I don't know. I don't, I don't the United, buy United building at university and uh, Dundas where it's the TD bank, uh, historic heritage site. And they're just building down the middle and in, inside they're coring out the middle of it and building. Yeah. And the Toronto hydro building five stories or something like that. Toronto hydro building. They just uh, put in an application to add like 50, 60 stories on top of the thing. Makes sense. It does. Yeah. I mean, maybe it doesn't make sense right now during a pandemic, but it makes sense that that would happen as far as, you know, these, these premium locations, right? It, it's inevitable. Mm-hmm. It's inevitable. So let's talk about the uh, rent freeze for 2021. Okay. Government, government getting a, a election uh, ballots or what? Like, what does your rent have to be that 1.8% really changes your life? I don't know. Like, I read this and uh, I was like, and it, and it doesn't yeah. even apply to everybody. So I read this and uh, I was most like, people, what the fuck is this all about? The people with no rent control it doesn't apply to, but most people it applies to. Anybody who's due for a rent increase now, like if you signed a lease last year, so you'd be coming up for your uh, rental increase in 2020. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's some landlords uh, that bought in new buildings that are upset because they were planning on now finally cash flowing once they got their next increase or could kick, kick people out. Although they're probably sitting there going, oh my God, I have tenants and they're staying and they're paying like beautiful. From my understanding, if it was uh, post November 15th, 2018, you still have no rent control. Even with the new regulation? Yeah. So what the hell is the regulation for? It's for everybody from before November 15th, 2018, who would have been subject to the... um... Hold on. I got to do some math here. Let's say you have a $1,600 a month apartment. Okay. Okay. And now you add, I think the max is 1.9%. Yeah. So it's like 25 $30 a month. Okay. So I'm not so smart. So 30 times 12, 360. So like 360 divided by 15, like you have to work maybe an extra 30 hours or get an extra dollar an hour or like there's a lot of ways to make that $360, maybe not smoke cigarettes or whatever. Yeah, I know. I know what you're saying. So again, this is about election. This is about making but people, people feel... vote for that shit. Absolutely. People go when it came down to... Fighting for tenants' rights, they put a moratorium on the evictions. They I think I give people too much credit for their the, for their the brain capacity. They introduced the bill to prevent you know uh, unnecessary evictions. They froze rent twenty twenty one. You know Doug Ford is a man of the people. That's what it is. Scarborough Transit, Mississauga Transit. Look, they're using the tools that they can't. Like really, really. And ninety five masks. Do? Vote, vote landlords Ontario. Have, landlords have already taken a hit, so they can't just say you know, rents are going down or, you know, rent, like they can't do anything more. Does They've it freeze it. down too? What's like, that? Can, can somebody renegotiate their, their rent down in this environment? No. 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 Are you sure? Can they ask for it? Can they try to make a payment plan? Can they try to make some sort of rent? Uh, can they say, hey, I'm a good tenant? Agreement? And- Abs- absolutely, they can. It's just landlord... Um, doesn't necessarily have to agree to a uh, a reduction. They can they can agree to like a deferral. They can agree to a lot of different things. But again, I, I'd be advising a landlord 
if he had a really extreme case to be taking a small um, rent reduction for you know a short period of time, three months, something like that, just to be able to keep your tenant happy and that you know if you get ninety percent of two grand, that's definitely a lot better than zero percent, right? So there was a funny story I saw. It says the headline was. Uh, Halifax landlord removes doors, windows, faucet to get tenants to leave. <laughs> we got we got tenants cutting off uh, landlords' heads with swords. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we've got people putting signs on their buildings, and we've got people removing um, <laughs> pretty important parts of a house to get their tenants to leave. Yeah, you know, it's case by case. I know somebody who just rented out a place this week, long-term <laughs> tenant. The tenant was leaving for personal reasons, nothing to do with COVID. And, uh, you know, it all worked out. They got someone to pay a little bit more than the old tenant was paying. They got someone to take over from the time that they wanted. Old tenants paying, you know, right up until the date they, the other people leave. Where's this? It's not not story, in Don Toronto. Don Mills and Lawrence. Don Mills and Lawrence. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Okay. Yeah. So it's, 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 you know, it's not a horror show. It's just in downtown core it is, that's for sure. There's only so many yeah. people looking to be there, but. You know, this is a nice, spacious, thirteen hundred and fifty square foot condo. Yeah, Vitaly said that he was renting his stuff out in High yeah. Park. Even he was like, "No problem." Yeah. I mean, it took a little longer, I think, than they would have liked, but yeah. then they People rented need it. Places to live still. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a total. It's not a total uh, disaster. Wow. So, I mean, do we believe? So what? So what do we focus on here? In regards to the market. Yeah. Like what, what, what parts of the news do we actually believe and what do we focus on? I, I guess it's just think, the numbers, right? I think exactly. Look we at just the focus on the numbers and we make our own yep. uh, interpretation. Yeah. Look at the sales. We're still seeing a strong seller's market. We're still seeing properties sell. You should be comfortable enough that if you were to be looking to make a move, to go out and find a property, buy it, get a longer closing, and then put your house on the market and sell it or your condo in outside of the downtown core uh, and sell it and uh, be able to move on with life. You know, I sold one this week that was uh, on the market for a little while, you know, it was a custom home. So it was, it was sitting there and it was a higher price point than most of the area. So, you know, it took a little bit longer, you know, it wasn't that long. I can't remember if it was a month and a half or something like that to get it sold. And it firmed up this week and the people were selling a condo. So they got enough time to, to get it sold and everything else too, to, to make it work. So there's buyers out there. So, but so so, what's making all your stories work? Are are you the common denominator, or is it just that there's more uh, fear-based writing in the news? And if as to why people are buying, well, no, you just gave us two stories of deals you worked on where everything worked out swimmingly for the people. There's there's, there's ten thousand deals, so I mean, you know, not. Listen, I can give you other stories where things aren't going so well, right? So yeah, so right, let's hear them. What's going on out there? Uh, well, appraisals is a big one, right? So we've got an extension now on a financing condition for a property that I had sold. And uh, the buyer agent just was working really hard and doing everything right and said, home inspection's good. We got our financing, but the bank needs the appraisal done. And the five business days, she had booked it, I think, you know, plenty of time. I think there was a miscommunication at, at some point. So now the appraisal still hasn't been booked and they're asking for an extra day or two. So Why? Because they're think- so busy doing appraisals? Yeah, I imagine that's exactly what's going on, right? And how are the appraisals coming in these days versus the... Uh... I I haven't had any issues, but the deals that I would be most worried about would be the ones... Um, that, that signed a few yet. months ago, yeah. No, well, they just haven't closed yet, so they're coming up. Like this one here particularly, 
uh, it seems like it should be it should be a slam dunk because there's there's lots of activity in this area. Yeah. But I'm sure there'll be some other ones where people have gone way over and above what the area has been um, commanding, yeah. and that's something that they need to be worried about. Right. Well, I, like I called my appraisal. I had two people work on on our property, mm-hmm. uh, two different appraisals, just to make sure that the one that because the first one I got, I was very pleasantly surprised. I think you remember, mm-hmm. right? And so I got a second one just to make sure. And that one I was more than pleasantly surprised (laughs) with, right? Which is great for me, right? But then the pandemic hit and the market slowed. Mm -hmm. And and a property that I'm positive would have uh, sold if things uh, were not interrupted, it would have sold a long time ago, is now Mm kind of sitting there. And... uh, so I called the appraisers just to say, you know, like, what are you hearing? What's going on? You know, do you still believe in the value of the appraisal you gave me? Um, and, and they both said, like, listen, there there hasn't been much that has transacted. What has, you know, um, solidifies that. and supports our, our, our appraisals. I still mm-hmm. believe that this is, you know, what I think it's worth. But listen, at the end of the day, it's only worth what somebody's going to pay for it, right? Yeah. So, so, but I, I could see how appraisals, like even the appraisers, it's so hard right now. Like in residential, it's like the prices are so crazy. And you were even saying like people are not using data to buy the, the properties anymore. They're just trying to win it, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, like, I, how do you seen, appraise I, I saw that a, We saw that a few times again this week. Um, but it hasn't been pushing the envelope like anything ridiculous. It's just, it's more money than what anybody else was willing to pay. But we're not talking about like six figures or anything like that. Yeah. We had quite a few this week actually where, uh, you know, they all were um, surpassing the seller's expectations and, and everybody was like, great. You know, that's a sign of a strong seller's market. But we weren't dumbfounded, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe someone was willing to pay for that. We've had lots of those before. I think we now, just need to understand what the new environment looks like so that we can move on and figure out how to work in the new rules, right? Exactly. It's like it's like a monopoly game and they just shook it all up and we're just waiting for them to give us the new rules list, right? Yeah. But that's, but that's they keep giving the... us more money, so it just there's no new rules. Yeah. Right. That's, it's just like we don't know. That's the goal of, 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 you know, any professional working in this market, whether you're selling insurance or mortgages or whatever, you know, just building decks because of the lumber shortage. You need to be able to set expectations properly and navigate it properly so that whatever you tell somebody is actually going to happen, right? Like you say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to book your job. You're going to, and you're going to give me a deposit up front. It's going to take me a month to source all the lumber. So I'm going to start in a month. And when I show up, I'm going to be able to get the job done in four days. And then you pay me the rest and, and we're done, right? Just simple things like that. So that's what a professional's job is, is to be able to navigate the current market conditions to make sure that uh, there's the least amount of surprises as possible yeah. and that the customer at the end of the day feels like they were you know, put into the best position that the market could possibly give them. And that's just in, in every industry right now is everyone's figuring out things sure. to make sure that they, they you know, do what's best for, for their customers. And, and I mean, I, I, I try and do the math with the stats and I try and figure out, you know, okay, so if this is 
you know, going to be messed up and that represents 10% and this is getting better and this represents 3% and, you know, we, we build this many units a year and this many people buy a year and this many people used to come in and this many people are coming in. I mean, it still makes for a pretty good uh, market, mm-hmm. right? It's just totally different. Mm-hmm. but still really good. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. There's lots of, like I said, there's lots of businesses doing really well right now. And there's even restaurants doing really well right now. And but there's is there, is there anything wrong retail. with a seller's market? Is there anything wrong with a seller's market? Yeah. Who, who, who are you, uh, who are you asking? Right. I mean, eventually prices become too far out of hand. Well, anything uh, wrong with a buyer's market? Too much, too, too, too much of a debt. Right. So once people take on too much of a debt, they aren't able to uh, service that loan for very long and they, they work too much. And, and it means that the money's not going into other parts of the economy and everything else too. Right. Well, so, but what about a buyer's market? Anything wrong with that? Sure. If it's too strong of a buyer's market and people get their, uh, you know, finances out of control, then they're not going to have the ability to be able to sort of bail themselves out. Right. So that can create things like bankruptcies and all that kind of stuff. But a balanced market doesn't seem to be a, realistic thing that lasts for a while nothing lasts forever right so we i guess right. we just keep treading back and forth on we'll this go back line. and forth there we go you know we're just playing ping pong which side are we on now right so we're still heading into the seller's market i still feel good i'm still confident i um, i think we're heading in i think it's just like i think we need another three months to work out all this other nonsense that's coming down the pipe or at least another like listen if i heard if i actually saw a stat that that uh um told me that the deferral market did drop a a a decent amount and then next month i saw the same thing Mm -hmm. you know that would be a great indicator for me and i think a lot of people right Mm -hmm. um especially if immigration starts to get a little bit better and we start seeing gdp not be as low as it it got during q2 Mm -hmm. i think uh, a big thing too is once the unemployment rate settles right well that's That's, part and parcel to those other things right like that's the natural once that settles and then we're going to see where we are we just don't know where we are it's still artificially high because of what's uh what's going on what they're expecting is that the uh long-term layoffs like people who are not just temporary laid off right now or choosing to be laid off or whatever it is however they calculate the unemployment rate is um is about a million people right right so but they also say that most of those people are not purchasers that those are likely renters uh i wouldn't i wouldn't generalize that you know because some of them could be uh long-term homeowners right who have who have been working for 30 years right and now their industries collapse and they don't have anywhere to go right so i wouldn't i wouldn't necessarily say they're all renters or anything like that like that was a bad thing but, no, um, not that it's a bad thing, <clears throat> just that it won't have the effect of, you know, um, those people uh, being unemployed and not being able to purchase something. But, you know, there's still a huge segment of it. So if you're not working and you don't need a bigger rental property, then the investor who is going to go and buy that rental property to find the tenant who is going to move in, who's going to, you know, it affects the real estate market no matter what. Like sure, it's all sure. it's all connected. Right. So what is going to be the new unemployment rate? Are we going to have that five and a half percent again? Uh, no, you know, where is it going to land? Is it going to be six? Is it going to be seven? Is it going to be eight? And are those unemployed people making 1600 bucks, 2000 bucks a month? 
And that's the other part, right? Like, take them <laughs> off the list. <laughs> take like, them are off they the really list. unemployed? Right? Are They're you unemployed? Okay. Yeah, I know. I get it. But the new the new EI system, and I, I just always find it really challenging for a government to say to someone, you need to prove to us that you're looking for work. People know how to manipulate the system, right? They do. I mean, listen. Pro- proving I, that I'm looking for a job is, you know. You can sign up for like a website. And exactly. And, and not do much. Exactly. And you can make your like, I'm only going to take a job if it is. Sure. Da, 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 da. If you find me that job, oh, yes, I, I'll go to work tomorrow. I think there's also a lot of jobs being created for very soon. Like there's a lot of people that have been cooped up that have thought of good ideas that are working on those new ideas and that mm-hmm. maybe have slowly been hiring one or two people hundred uh, percent. Right. And then, there's, and then they're going to get funding and boom, they're going to employ 50 people. There's restaurants that are opening. Yeah. But listen, there's, if you can start with the new numbers, it's a different story. Exactly. If you can see what the need of the community is and say, okay, great. No seating, no washrooms, Boom. Uh, you know, make the line up the way it is. It's like when Tim Hortons, you know, builds their locations, right? They're thinking like, if I got 20 people in line, how do I loop everybody around the whole entire gas station to make sure that I don't lose any customers and I can maximize this location? So have they're not seen out on the, Lawrence Avenue. Have right? you seen the lineups for Chick-fil-A? I've never been to Chick-fil-A. No. I haven't been I, there I either, but I drive by it and it's crazy. Really? I, we, we tried it in an airport once and the lineup was down the whole airport. It's that good or what? It's good? so good, but they like, just have a Krispy Kremes open uh, by my house. I haven't gotten to see. It's funny you said that because I was thinking when you were talking about lineups going down the street. When Krispy Kreme first opened up here, they opened one in Mississauga, in Scarborough Town, yeah. Um, and my, I worked in Scarborough, and I was like, you know, the lowest of the totem pole at the time. And so they were like, "Go to Krispy Kremes, get us some donuts." No. And so I, <clears throat> I bought three boxes. And I got back to the office with two. Yeah. They were so good when they were warm and well, right fresh. Right off the conveyor belt, yeah. I was so sick the rest of the day. Yeah. But I had to wait like three hours for them. Well, this location near me has opened it up in a low-income area. Yeah, I know exactly where. opened it up where. with a drive-through. Yeah. Right? On Kingston Road. Yep. Yeah, They've yeah. made it so, uh, you know, it's super easy to get in and out. They understand what the needs of the consumer but are. But no drive-through. No drive-through? No drive-through. You oh. walk in only. Oh, walk in only. Okay. It was, it was a drive-through location before, so I thought maybe they kept it. I, the article I, I read said only, only walk-through, no okay. drive-through. All right. I just, I just uh, drove by it the other day. I didn't look. Yeah, crazy. But yeah, yeah listen, drive-thru. if any business, that's why I'm saying like we're all just waiting for the new rules to come out so we can figure out how to manipulate them and win the game again, mm-hmm. right? But the rules are not being rewritten. They're just being like... A, a amended with stuff that makes no no sense yeah right so we're just yeah. like waiting here but yeah if I, if I was to start a restaurant now you know there'd probably be um a really good computer system involved maybe a couple of robots in the back flipping some burgers or making the pizzas and, and you know maybe a couple of tables and all you can have like an app you don't need an app. You go on all these DoorDash and, and Uber Eats and all this stuff. Even if they rape you, people are still using it. You get huge visibility and you have very little overhead. You have two guys in a kitchen and boom, bang the stuff out. Yeah. But you walk in, you got an app, you order, you see on the screen, my order has been received, just like Tim Hortons, right? And then you're McDonald's. like, okay. And then you go, 
you know, through the list and you're like, all right, order number 118, it's already paid for you. Just go grab it and you grab go. it. Or, or not even that. It's like, it's in some weird locker heating waiting outside for you in the parking <laughs> lot. You just grab it from locker 103. Like a newspaper stand, right? And there's robots in the back, like making all this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then up into the locker. That is, that is, that is, you know, part of the evolution, the technological revolution that we are experiencing. This is right? what's going to how we start. get our food. And that's, those are the, the businesses I'm seeing that are being very successful right now. Grocery delivery. Or just walk in, order the food, grab the food and you take, you know, they're just. How smart does Amazon look now making all these like cashierless uh, grocery stores where you, you walk in, it knows yeah. what you took and it bills you as you walk out the door. That's cool. Yeah. Metro just got uh, self-serve uh, stuff there too. Feel bad. A lot of I don't know. Now for yeah. like three bucks or four bucks, which I don't understand, they'll pick all your groceries for you and you come and they put it in your trunk and you go home and a couple of things they picked aren't so great and they give it to you for free and you're Who? done. Like Loblaws, Metro, okay. all these guys, pickup nice. service. But how for three, four bucks, how the hell is that like a thing? Well, I think they need to, the cashiers that are being replaced by the robots are, they need to, they need to be busy. So how can they, you know, justify these extra workers still being there if you got six different tills monitored by one person now? Yeah, I love it. I think all kinds of cool stuff's going to come with this. I just really wish that they would like, like either tell us what the tell us what it looks like. They are okay. So they told us that mortgage rates are going to stay at two percent, but why don't they tell us about like, are you gonna, are we are we doing basic income here now? Like, is everybody getting sixteen hundred bucks a month, and like we're just going to move forward? Uh, you know, are we going to ever loosen the regulations on on people being inside? Like, mm -hmm. give us the lay of the land so we know how to play this game. Mm -hmm. And then everything just, it doesn't go back to normal. It goes back to what normal is. We're in, like, this weird purgatory right now. Yeah, the new normal. The new, on the way to the new normal. Absolutely. That's we're learning. Our, we're, we're just, and, we're, and we're not going to know until we get there, unfortunately. Right yeah. now, the normal is just if you're wearing a mask, we don't shake hands. And that's cool. I don't, I'm, I'm past the stage now where everyone's kind of like, Oh, I'm going to wear the mask because no, you just wear the mask. Wear the or, mask. We're not going to shake hands because no, we know we don't shake hands. Okay. Like that's just all now not even talked about. Because... But it's not. That's the thing. It's, what? It, that That's how it should be. But that's okay. not how it is. Like, well, I'm experiencing that a lot more now than more, I was before. More, yes, more. And there's some... Everyone's wearing people. masks inside, though. I don't see anybody. Oh, inside? Yeah, I don't yeah. go inside anywhere, so I don't know. I, inside, <laughs> I've been inside a couple inside of stores. Wears, every, everyone wears masks inside, trust me. Unless they're behind my plexiglass. Like, I, I've been into... Only like, when you uh, sit down at the restaurant, apparently, you can take off your mask. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I can eat. I can eat. <laughs> New on CuriosityStream, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, Kim Kardashian. Tycoons are in many ways the lifeblood of society. They are willing to put everything out there. They're willing to lose everything. See how the super elite use their money and power to shape our lives on Tycoons. Plus, from Japan's unbreakable super code to the algorithm mining your Bitcoin, we're breaking down the world's most famous encryptions on cracking the code. Watch now on CuriosityStream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com.